Hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm looking at death stuff. Oh, no. Why? Well, because we had loads of it left from before, didn't we? Are you all loved out? Oh, don't talk to me about love. Oh, no. Why? Let's just say I know why I'm alone. What's happened? I don't want to talk about it now. I just want to talk about death. Oh, that bad, huh? Just to get me back in the mood. Are you in a goth mood? Have you dressed in black and you're playing moody music? I've put a purple dye on my hair. Yeah. And I've ripped the pom-poms off my slippers. Oh, this is bad. Yeah. So you want to talk about death? It's not like I want to talk about death on time, innit? Right. But there's still some death stuff, what I've got written down, what we haven't used yet, and you've got some, so I just thought I might as well use it. Rather than waste the paper and ink. Well, I wanted to tell you about the hippo in the mud hole. Oh, okay. You know, like, uh, stupid humans' deaths? I go into that Darwin Award. Yes. I wondered if there could be like the equivalent, like the Hippo Awards. For stupid animal death? Well, there's this hippo that was in uh, Kenya. Only in Kenya. (laughs) And it kept going to this mud hole to bathe. Right. Only the mud hole was really steep at the sides and the hippo couldn't get out. So they had to keep get in the fire service and the police and the park rangers from the nature reserve. Yeah. And they used to have to keep getting him out. Keep getting him out, so he kept doing it. Yeah. So he went in twice and he had to be rescued both times. Yeah. And then they moved him to another game reserve, which was 32 kilometres away. Right. And two days later, he was back in the hole in the mud and they had to rescue him again. (laughs) And then they put him in the old game reserve, but they put a nine-foot fence around him. And as far as they knew, he couldn't jump more than about six inches. I mean, they generally don't, do they? No. Not a rule. They're not really built for leaping, are they? Not over tall fences. So, the next day, they had to rescue him from the hole again. What? How did he get in there? Well, it doesn't say. It just says they had to be rescued the next day. He probably barged through the fence. So, then they tried making him a new hole, you know, like his own mud patch. Yes. His own wallowy hole. That's in the picture. Looks like the side of a quarry and with shingly stuff so it looks like he'd have slid down into it right so in the end this hippo is called Mori yeah they had to rescue him 12 times before he finally managed to kill himself in the hole yeah he did how did he die I'm guessing he drowned Stacey well do you think he was trying to kill himself from the beginning I think it's just a cry for help myself Maybe he wanted to be a fossil. <laughs> you know, Hippo's got dreams too. Yeah, I know. Maybe he wants to be a tap dancer. If he wanted to be a tap dancer, the mud is not the best place for him. So, I wondered whether there was animals that were just as daft as him that were insisting on killing themselves, no matter what. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of them. I mean, you get them spiders, don't you, that uh, they know they're going to be eaten even while they're in the act of uh, 
that's men for you, isn't it? They don't really think as long as they're getting it. They don't really think while they're getting it. I think their brain's switched off while they're getting it. They only think afterwards. Anyway, shall we get on with our death episode? We'll play the jingle. All right, then. So, let's go, then. This is Death 2, The Return. Death 2. Oh, my God. Yeah, go on, do it. Deep from the jungle of the African Congo. To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rock Your Rock So, Mum, before we talk about death rituals I wanted to tell you a little story that happened to me in real life <laughs> Happened just after we recorded the last death episode And I'm going to warn you now and warn our listeners, this is going to get scary. Okay. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Yeah, I'm on my commode in case I do a wee. (laughs) (laughs) I've decided now that when you scare me, there's no point. I'm just going to sit on the toilet now. You didn't know I was going to scare you, so why are you there already? No, you do it every time, so just sit there now. That's a pair of pants saved every episode. This is a great mental image. So, you know, I run to work in the morning. I'm all sweaty, so I have a wash in the sink and get changed. Yeah, you're a disgusting rat. <laughs> I just want people to know that she rinses out her wet wipes and dries them on the radiator so she can use them again. That's not true. It's the same dirty flannel. <laughs> That's even worse than a wet wipe. I just put it on the radiator and let it crisp up. So while you were in your normal daily state of filth, what happened? I was getting changed in the toilet, so I was basically in me undiewares. Right. I know people have just thought, oh, Ooh, this is getting sexy now. It's not like you to have a sex and bondage moment, is it? I know. People thought I was the... You were the straight guy. No one's ever thought of me in that way, and now they do. They're only thinking of you sweating over a radiator. They're thinking of you on the commode, weeing, and me <laughs> sweating in me underwear in the toilet. So, while you're sweating in your underwear in the toilet, what's happened? So like this was meant to be scary, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry. I had a new T-shirt. I took the labels off the new T-shirt. Yeah. And... Went to put them into the sanitary bin. Oh, I don't like. I don't like them things. And as I put my foot on the pedal to lift the lid, oh, what? Something didn't grab your hand, did it? When you put it in, I didn't put my hand in there. Oh, don't you? How did you get the stuff in then? You place it delicately on the edge and hope that it just tumbles in. Oh, I lost my purse in there once. <laughs> Would you like to get that back? Oh, you put in your hand in there. Yeah, carry on. I opened up the lid and about a hundred flies flew straight out from the bin up into my face. Now the cubicle was completely enclosed. There's no gap above or below the door so that all the flies could do was just swarm around my face and into my face and up onto the ceiling. Did they touch you? They touched me. Show me on this doll where they touched you. What did they smell of? I didn't smell them. Because I want to know what was in there that would feed a hundred flies. I'm getting a little bit gaggy just thinking about what's in that. Did you have a look? No, why would I have a look? Well, you're a doctor. You'd be interested in that sort of thing. I'm a urologist and I deal with men. I'm not interested in what's inside a lady's bit 
been. <laughs> we live such different lives. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if a hundred flies came out of a box and started attacking me, one, I would probably do a proper wee. I was in the right place for that. That's fine. I was near the toilet. Yeah. And two, I would want to know what the bleeding hell was in that box for them to come out. You're in a hospital. It was body parts, I reckon. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I've just gone a bit... Uh, <laughs> I don't usually get like that. <laughs> what I don't know is whether some fly has gone in there and, and laid some eggs or whether something was put in there that was already maggoty. Ugh. Oh, well, you know what that means then. What? Should it have been something that went in there that got infected with maggots and then flies? Yeah. That does mean... Nobody had emptied the bin for three weeks. I'd noticed a fl- just the one fly in the cubicle the day before and thought it was really weird because flies don't go in there. Well, they don't. They don't need. They don't have the time of the month. Do they? Well, they don't need the changing rooms. So do flies have tampons? Do flies have time of the month? Are they always ready? I think they are. Um, what does the Buzz Lightyear say? To infinity and beyond. That's nothing to do with it. Forget <laughs> that. Uh, I want to know what happened to the flies. They're in an enclosed space. Did you let all the flies out to run around the hospital? Yeah. Just like a mad flash mob. Yeah, they went in like this big swarm and, and as they went around the hospital, they formed different shapes like in those cartoons. Like in the Starlings thing. Yeah. So there was a murmuration of flies going around, pointing arrows, going, This way, guys! Anyway, there's my story. That's disgusting. (laughs) The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. So, death rituals. Yeah. I had a look. There's some strange death rituals. They're only strange to us, though. I'm sure... Other societies think that our way of mourning or celebrating death is quite strange as well. Well, I want to talk about that endocannibalism then. Okay. Do you know that Feast of the Dead? No, I don't know. Okay, so they say that it's rarely practised now. Okay. It was practised regularly in parts of Brazil and in Papua New Guinea. Okay. Basically, uh, you know when they have the funeral feast? Yes. Yeah, the body is the funeral feast. Oh, no. It's not like a hog on the table with an apple it in its mouth, is it? pretty much is. They put it over a spit sort of fire. Yeah. And they say that it's a way to forge a permanent connection between the living and the recently deceased. I mean, it's quite economical in the fact that you're eating them. There's less waste, I suppose. It doesn't take so much space to bury them or cremate them, but it is pretty disgusting. The anthropologists have suggested that the dead would enjoy this. It's a final gesture of goodwill. The tribes invite all the families around from all over and they all have a bit of a nibble on granddad. 
do you know whether they're a, generally a fat kind of people or a thin? I don't consider people in Brazil to be fat, do you? No, not really. Uh, so just a normal size. Okay, well, I'm already grossed out. So have you got any other rituals you wanted to mention first? I have. The Tibetan Buddhists, Yeah. they practised ritual dissection. Right. It translates into, they're called sky burials. Sky burials? They chucked up into the sky or evaporated? That's exactly right. <laughs> they chop the dead up into small pieces. Yeah. And then they feed the pieces to birds who take them away. Oh, God. Sometimes they'll leave the body intact and let the vultures eat it but they consider that to be undignified now so they do chop the body up i was gonna say that doesn't sound very respectful uh well when the body's dead yeah a buddhist see it as an empty vessel there's nothing there so you might as well feed the birds yeah basically yeah they're uh, they're the here and now and the afterlife aren't they mm. it says that even today over 80 percent of tibetan buddhists will choose a sky burial oh really it says the that Buddhists see it as only fitting that one's final act is to have their remains used to sustain the life of another living creature. Yeah... It makes sense. Both of these two rituals you've mentioned make sense in that you just use up the body. But it's very difficult for for us to to understand that because our customs are a little bit more tamed and really we have to bury the body, be very respectful, no real singing, dancing, celebrations. And we're also very tied to that body, that that dead body is still the person. I've just gone on the internet and had a look about this Buddhist burial. Yes. And uh, it says, in areas where so many burials take place, birds are often yeah. full and sluggish. Ah. Oh. And a ritual dance occurs with the aim of coaxing the birds to eat. Special monks go out... They're called the body breakers. Mm-hmm. And they begin disassembling the body. Yeah. And they talk and laugh while they work, as according to Buddhist teaching, this makes it easier for the soul to move to the next life. I'm sure it makes it easier for them to manage and, and process within their brain as well. There is another one just for you to add some light to the situation. Go on. Well, it's the ritual finger amputation. Uh, okay. And if they didn't have it bad enough in Papua New Guinea already... Yeah. ...with the endocannibalism, if one of your close relatives die... Yeah. ...basically you chop the end of your finger off with an axe. Oh, let's just hope you don't have a big family. Uh, well, there is a photograph here of a gentleman who's had four fingers on one hand chopped... and two fingers on the other one. <laughs> oh, God. So they tie the fingers together with string and then chop the ends off with an axe. Yeah. And then the leftover piece is dried and burned to ashes or stored in a special place. And what's the purpose of that? It says to sacrifice a piece of your flesh. Yes. 
to give something to the spirits to keep them from you so that you're not next. Right. And also, it's a way of using actual physical pain to be able to express sorrow. I suppose if you've had a lot of people die, you lost a lot of fingers, you'd be a great burglar. You wouldn't leave any fingerprints behind, but you'd never find a pair of gloves to fit you. You'd have to have mittens. Yes, fingerless mittens. So, have you got something a bit more cheerful? It's difficult to find cheerful things, but I did see something about the Ghana fantasy coffins. Have you seen these? No. So, in Ghana, people aspire to be buried in coffins that represent their work or something that they loved in life. And so, they have coffins made for them that are shaped basically like things that they love. So, there's one coffin that's shaped like a Mercedes-Benz car because a businessman really loved his car and there's they make uh, these coffins to look like the object yeah so right. there's one that's a big fish and a fisherman was buried in a big fish there's the picture I'm looking at I can see an aeroplane so somebody's buried in an aeroplane coffin or a chicken I don't know who the chicken coffin is for there's an amazing one that's a giant crab with big claws and legs so basically they want to celebrate their life by being buried in what they enjoyed during that life and they're very nice coffins what would you be buried in? nothing oh oh if I have to be buried yeah if you had a fantasy coffin that's a difficult one uh maybe uh Julia Roberts (laughs) Uh, somebody slim I'd have a slim coffin or if not that a coffin shaped like a packet of chocolate obnob. <laughs> that would be good. Be no good having something too serious, would it? No. I was thinking like a big marrow or a big pumpkin. That would look brilliant. Uh, for me, a pumpkin would be a better shape. No, I was talking about for me. Uh. A big marrow coffin would look really cool, I think. Oh, no. Th- talking around shapes, then maybe I should have a coffin made into a teapot. Okay. And then a small packet of obnobs on the side. Will you fit into a teapot? Are you going to have to have, like, legs up the spout or something? No, it'll be a large teapot. They can curl me up like the dormouse. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sure it'd be lovely. Let me tell you about the funeral strippers. Yeah. So, these are exotic dancers. Yeah. They're usually young women. Yeah. Who they sing and dance and remove their clothes at a funeral. Okay. Uh, this is a way to celebrate the life of the deceased and to attract other mourners to the funeral. It certainly worked for me. Right, I'm going to read you exactly what it says. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the strippers is not only to attract crowds, but to appease wandering spirits. <laughs> Some of the strippers climb poles. Yeah. There are professional musicians, neon lit stages, fire flames, fireworks. It says it's controversial. Oh, why? Because it causes embarrassment to officials when the videos are seen on YouTube. Is that because they're having too much fun? There were 50 pole dancers at the funeral procession of a former city-county council speaker from southern Taiwan. 50? What a player. That means 50 poles. 
It says people are objecting because dancers remove bras and panties often in front of young children, which can be worrying. It says that although it actually dates back to the 1800s... Really? Yes. They had pole dancers in the 1800s? Historical records of women stripping at temple events and funerals dates back to the late 1800s. However, the use of strippers in funerals is now reported to have re-originated in 1995 from Taiwan, where the local mafia seized control of the mortuary industry and offered strippers from their clubs at a cut price. Oh. Instead of strippers, you can also get a naked female funeral marching band or you can get scantily clad cheerleaders. Oh, I'll have the band, the marching band, please. Let me see those trumpets. Ooh. That is a <laughs> double bass to be proud of. Shake those maracas, Michaela. This Cheryl on the cello. <laughs> have you ever been to see a stripper? A male stripper or female stripper? No. Have you? I've seen a female stripper. Right. When I was, oh, just graduated from university, I was in a pub and some of my friends had booked a stripper for another friend because it was his birthday. And it was this woman, she must have been about 50. She was dressed as a fire, not a fireman, a policewoman. And it was extremely awkward. Why? And she got a taser. <laughs> It was just awkward because we were all there being quite embarrassed and she was shoving her boobies in this guy's face in the pub. It's all just a bit weird. But I suppose if they're supposed to be there and there's 50 of them dancing around a pole, then it's probably not so awkward. I wouldn't have it at my funeral. Well, there's a place in the Philippines called Tinguian and the Tinguian people, they don't bother burying them. Oh, what do they do? Well, they just keep them going. In what way? Well... Do they make them go to work? No, they keep their dead people. They don't really have a funeral as such. Not for a while. They they wait until the person dies and then they save up for the funeral. And so they can just keep them around the house? Yeah, basically. Uh, they dress them up. They put their makeup on, make them look like they're still alive. Right. They put their best clothes on them. Yeah. And then they pretend to feed them. Oh. And then uh, they sit on a chair and they put a cigarette lit cigarette in their lips and they're just treated as if they're still alive can you imagine if you were waiting for granny to die to get her bedroom and you've still got to wait another 10 years to pay for a funeral i'm gonna send you this photograph actually this woman she's um She's a fine specimen, isn't she? She's been dead a while. And he's still cleaning her teeth. He's giving her food. Ah, well, it's keeping her hair nice and nice clothes. That's off the battle, really. Yeah, trying to find something to fit, especially when your arms start falling off. She's lost weight, though. Yeah, she has lost a bit of weight. She's looking a bit gaunt. They need to start feeding her a bit more. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You got something to see? Say it here. Email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com. Twitter at roughgiraffepod. Instagram at roughgiraffepodcast. Search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe. Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean.
Have you ever touched the ashes of anybody? I did because I had somebody's granddad in the airing cupboard and the cat shit on it. Oh no. I had to sort the cat poo out from the ashes. I never said. <laughs> but I was amazed, because you've got to have a look. I was amazed how many bits are in it. How many bits of bone and all sorts of bits and pieces are in there. I'm thinking, that's not all, not all body parts, surely. I'm sure one of them was a posi drive screw. They just scoop it all up out the bottom of the... I don't think it was all the same person. I don't think so either. And it's not a nice thought to think that, to think that you've got someone else's nan's leg in your urn, but there'll be a hodgepodge of different people in the urn, won't there? Yeah, they'll just have a bit of a scoop through, I think. They don't give it you all anyway. No, because it'd be far too much. It'd be much too heavy for you to carry. Because the bones really wouldn't break down that well. So you'd only probably take a leg's worth home with you. Mum, I wanted to tell you about five unique things you can do with cremation ashes. When you've been cremated? Yeah, so you don't have to just put them in the airing cupboard and wait for the cat to poo in them. All right, okay. What else can you do then? Well, it costs between 650 and $13,000 to have your ashes shot up into space. Oh, yeah, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to spend that much on me, are you? Have you got something I can have done that's a bit cheaper? If you don't want to be shot up into space, we can put you into a firework. That'd be good. Is that cheaper? Are you going to get the fireworks from Niddles? Oh, no, I know a guy. All right, okay. Is he rocket man? <laughs> this is becoming an increasing trend, having your ashes put into a firework. Yeah. But But I can't imagine that they'd get all of the ashes in there. They must just put, like, little bits in. Maybe you can buy, uh, like, one of them... Oh, some of them cluster rocket things where it shoots up about 50 things, one after the other. Oh, yeah, that could be good. You might need a couple of them for me. (laughs) For $4,000, you can have your ashes uh, mixed with concrete and placed in the coral reef so that corals will grow around it. I don't know whether I want that, but you're saying about having it mixed with concrete. Yeah. Could you turn me into, like, uh, maybe a plant pot or a paving slab? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could turn you into a patio. That would be good. Uh, you could turn me into several garden items and then you could share me out and have one each. That sounds great. And you could each have a plant pot. <laughs> you could be turned into a diamond. No, I've heard of that. It's not a real diamond, so it don't matter. Or you can have your ashes mixed with paint and get someone to make a painting. Could you have it mixed with paint and then just do, like, the pebble dashing on somebody's house? Possibly. Can you imagine, though, if you had that little bit of bones on there? It wouldn't matter with the lumpy bits if you've already got a lumpy house. You could have a tooth sticking out. No, they'll drop off. They won't stick in with the paint. You can just sweep all the bits up after. So those are the five things you can do with ashes. What what do you want? I think I'd like to be a rocket. Okay. 
Or even better, which would scare the life out of all of you, a sparkler. Oh no! <laughs> I think I, I think I'd like to be a rocket, and you could shoot me up into space, and I'd be, and I'd be everywhere and nowhere at the same time, like the baby Jesus. <laughs> and if not, turn me into some flower pots. Okay, we'll do that. Whatever's cheapest. You can buy them moulds on eBay for 30 quid for the flower pots. Yeah. So you could just get the ashes and mix them in with some concrete and do your own, couldn't you? Yes. You're not going to pay somebody to do it, are you? No. So that's, I mean, that's cheap, isn't it? <laughs> and then you can put a little plant in each one. Sorted. Sounds lovely. All right, then. I, I bet that's given loads of people ideas now. They'd be going, oh, I could have that done. <laughs> I'll start a new trend. So, Mum, it's time again for some Illustrated Police news. I know you love this, don't you? You'll agree that it's worth the subscription just for the pictures. For those that haven't heard Illustrated Police news before, these are pictures from an Illustrated newspaper, which Mum is going to send me by email and I'll try and describe them to you. They're funny and they usually describe some sort of peril or death. So it's quite apt. Okay, send me the first one. So, this is from Saturday, October 17th, 1896. Alarming experience of fair bathers who were attacked by an octopus. Do you just love that octopus? I want to take it home. <laughs> that octopus looks like E.T. His face is hilarious. Oh, it's... So we've got some lovely ladies in their lovely swimming costumes bathing in what looks like some rough sea. And then there's this weird octopus thing with weird legs and E.T.'s face. That octopus was drawn... By someone who'd never seen an octopus. <laughs> of course. Somebody's explained to them what an octopus looks like and it said, oh, I'll, I'll have a go. I wonder if you can draw like this weird freaky monkey thing with eight legs and massive eyes. He's, I thought he was very cute. He's a thing of nightmares, but really something quite beautiful. We should ask Jodie to make one for us. Our next Christmas present. So send me the next one. I've sent you one already. Okay, I'm opening it. Oh no. <laughs> Terrified to death by a donkey. Yeah. There's a woman who's scratching at her door to get in, but she's she's dropped her basket. And then there's this really nonchalant looking donkey standing behind her. Yeah. What has that donkey done to terrify that poor woman to death? I don't know. To death? To death. We will never know. Thank you. Those were two great Illustrated Police news. I'll put them on our Twitter and Instagram and uh, we'll have some more in the future, hopefully. Mum, do you want me to tell you about some stupid people that have tried to fight animals and lost their lives? All right. I'll start with a man who loses a kung fu fight with a lion. You've, you've spoiled it for me, really, now, because you've told me the ending. Do you want me to tell you the story backwards? <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you about this man and the lion. 
It's 1989. Okay. We have a 32-year-old Australian man called Ellie Kuo. Right. Ellie Kuo was uh, a kung fu expert. Oh, okay then. And he was told by his instructor that uh, he'd reached a level where he could kill wild animals with his bare hands. Oh. So Ellie Kuo decided he'd go and put this to the test. He went to Melbourne Zoo in the middle of the night. Nice. Went into the lion enclosure, saw that there were maybe a few more lions than he was expecting. Were they just lying down? They were just lying down. They were just lying all over the place. Oh, what are you doing lying over there? Go on. He went in and tried to start a fight with a lion, but all the other lions were like, mate, mate, you can't come in here trying to start a fight. And they all attacked him and ripped him to shreds. What, they all attacked him? They all attacked him. And in the morning, there was nothing left of him except his clothes. So, you know, that instructor has a lot to answer for. You can't go killing wild animals. But to be fair, do you think animals that are in the zoo are wild? Yeah, they're so wild, they're hacked off, like, on a daily basis. They're livid. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He looks like than any cat Should we get Kipper in here? He's really annoyed with us about the last episode where we talked about his down belows. His barbies. Yeah. It's all right, we're talking about your Kens today. He has been approached by a cat magazine to give grooming tips. (gasps) His new article is going to be about cats shaving down below barbs and all oh you see this good comes out of it yeah i've actually got a couple of questions myself for kipper have you it's taken you a while to ask them well i've not (laughs) seen him for a while kipper that's mum telling you you need to go and visit just saying (laughs) awkward well i wanted to know kipper have you ever seen father christmas oh everybody else is in bed but i'm wondering were the cats ever there what do you think kipper does he know who father christmas is well we dress him up in a santa hat at christmas time so he has questioned why we do it and i've told him (laughs) so i think he does do you know you know who father christmas is don't you kipper (coughs) yeah of course he does he's 12 years old oh yeah i keep forgetting that he looks so young he's not a kitten kipper have you ever seen the real father christmas <laughs> if you could choose just one gift and it would be the only gift you ever got from Father Christmas, like forever, what would you choose? Oh, Kipper. Obviously, I'm guessing he's going to choose the box that it comes in. No, Kipper's not a box guy. Kipper likes a blanket and Kipper can't resist a blanket. The moment you move a blanket, he goes, oh! <gasps> I need to be on that. That's a bit like Belle the Lovely Dog. Kipper loves a blanket. He loves cheese. Oh. And he loves a bit of wine. Oh. He would like an unlimited bottle of red of his choosing. That would be his present. Yeah, never ending. And that, boys and girls, why Kipper is a wonky cat. (laughs) Indeed. So what about you, Stacey? What? What do I want? No. (laughs) 
Have you ever seen Father Christmas? I think that I did once. Obviously, when I was very small. I am convinced that I saw him flying in the sky. Uh, you see, you, when you're younger, you haven't got cloudy eyes. <laughs> when you're younger, you can see everything for what it really is. And nobody has started telling you what you should and shouldn't believe in. So you believe everything and you can see everything. Yeah. So I think you can see things like Father Christmas, Baby Jesus, Hitler, that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's a very worrying child. Mommy, I'm seeing Hitler. It's only grown-ups that ruin it for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure what I saw was probably an aeroplane. I'm sure that it was Father Christmas. Yeah, I remember it very vividly, and my vision of it, when I still look back at it, I think, no, that was Father Christmas in his sleigh going across the sky. I did see Father Christmas. It was the real Father Christmas. Yeah. But he was round the back of the chip shop having a wee. Father Christmas does have to have a wee sometimes. I know. His sleigh was there, and he'd got a battered wristhole and a small portion of chips. Ooh, that sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm Marisol, it's Christmas. <laughs> you know, he is drinking quite a lot as he goes around, so it will make him wee. I know, but I mean, it was him, I could tell. He looked just like he did in the pictures. Red coat, beard. Weeing. Sleigh. But uh, he nodded to me like that. Very polite. And I thought, oh my God, Father Christmas has just spoken to me. I was well excited. How old were you? Well, 15. (laughs) (laughs) Not very, 16. I was around the back of the chip shop having a fag. It had to be him. Uh, Yeah. Well, he got a sleigh with him. Well, of course, yeah. If you were going to be a pretend Father Christmas... Yeah. You'd just be round the back of the chip shop having a wee. (laughs) You wouldn't take your sleigh with you, would you? No. Not with two ponies attached to it. Is that what he had? Two ponies? Yeah. That's definitely the real Father Christmas. Two ponies. But, I mean, you've got to economise, haven't you? You do sometimes. We have some questions from our listeners. Come on, I'm in the mood for some questions. So uh, our listeners have been sending us some audio questions to our email, roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com. And our first one comes from Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Mum. Hello, Stacey. This is Simon from Admit One Movies here. Uh, This is a question for Kipper, the wonky cat. Hey, Kipper, I was going to ask you something stupid like boxers or briefs, but you're a cat. Underwear would be ridiculous. So here's a simple one. Dreamies or 39p little special cat treats? Kipper, quick answer. (coughs) Dreamies, obviously. Cats go crazy for dreamies. Do they? Oh, yeah. Have you ever tasted one? I haven't. They do some lovely flavours, though. They do, like, beef and cheese, chicken and mince death and dishonour that sounds more like e-cigarettes e-cigarettes are sunday dinner flavor english breakfast i think i had to make up some new flavors for the e-cigarettes yeah i'd have something more appropriate like i don't know uh ice cream and ashtray flavor lipstick and chewing gum yeah something like that you see that's a good one uh old fart stale pub carpet 
Oh, yeah, the pub carpet. That's a winner every time. I got drunk once, and we were at a lock-in at a pub. Yeah. This is a true story. It's a disgusting story, but it's still true. Okay. I got in a pub, and when I woke up in the morning... Yeah. I was... I passed out on the floor of the pub. Right. And I was lying on the... Not on a carpet, on the... Like, half under a pool table. Yes. And then the floor was so sticky, and this is the truth, that when I picked my head up, all my eyelashes were still stuck to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> were they your real eyelashes? Yeah. Yeah, it just pulled them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. It hurt it. And I looked, and there must have been eight eyelashes stuck on the floor. So <laughs> God knows what I was doing. It's a good job I kept my pants on. Have you um have you seen that story about the woman that was trying to glue a fly to her eyelid because she thought it was her false eyelashes? No. <laughs> she didn't have her glasses on when she was trying to put the eyelashes on and she glued a fly to her eyelid. Do you remember when I fell asleep when I was doing my nails? No. I rang you up and you said, I'm the doctor, I'm not a walking centre. <laughs> that sounds like something I'd say. I don't give makeup. Tips, she said. Do you remember that? I don't. You'll remember, I'm hoping I'll tell you. I fell asleep on the bed and I got all the stuff laid out on the flannel for me doing my nails. Yeah. And I fell asleep on the glue. <laughs> yes, I do remember. And then I woke up and then the flannel <laughs> and all bits of nails were all stuck to my face. And you, when I rang you up, you said, I'm not the NHS walking centre, I'm a doctor. Ring, ring your other daughter, that's what you said. And that's why I had to do. And did she help? Yeah, she just said, yes, you'll need to soak it in some washing up liquid for about half an hour. I nearly drained. And I had to do the washing up before I could get my head in the bowl. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I know, it was like bits of cheese and all sorts floating in that water. But anyway, that's beside the point. Eventually, yes, it soaked off. Because I thought... I was going to have to go to the hospital and I was supposed to be going out on a works dinner and then the first thing that somebody said to me was I thought you were going to do your nails uh, do you want another question? yeah the next question is for Belle okay and the question comes from Rob hello Rob do I know Rob? no but he's become a new super fan is he uh, available? Does he know my plight? My dating plight? He is aware. I haven't approached him yet. Don't approach him. Just see if he's got a father. <laughs> okay. Hi, Mum. Hi, Stacey. This is Rob from the Gamma Radio Podcast. And I have a question for Belle the Lovely Dog. If you got irradiated and then mutated, what mutation would you like to have? All right. You've got to think about this carefully now, Belle. Maybe Belle's mutation might be that she actually wakes up occasionally. <laughs> that she had legs that held her in an upright position instead of being constantly on the back with a knee. Oh, she, she might be mutated to have fewer nipples. She's got 15 nipples today. That is unnecessary. Yeah, no, I don't know whether they're Rice Krispies or bits of cereal or something, but she's definitely getting more nipples. You're not picking at her nipples or sucking them to see if they're Cocoa Pops or nipples. That's a new game. 
Coco Popple Nipple. <laughs> Coco Popple Nipple. Coco Pop or Nipple. Oh, Coco Popple Nipple. Yeah. Oh, and I'll make the jingle. Coco Pop or Nipple. Uh, let's have a look. Mm, nipple. Mm, <laughs> nipple. No. Not Nipple. But? Not Coco Pop. And that's another game of Coco Pop or Nipple. Coco Pop or Nipple. <laughs> Another question for Kipper from Rhett. Hello, Rhett. Hello, Rex. Rhett, R-H-E-T-T. Oh, I'm Rhett. So Rhett is uh, the host of the Brain Trust Brothers podcast, and he asked Kipper, and this is related to death, so let's all get a bit serious now, okay? I'm just doing a wee at the minute, but yeah. Kipper, do you think about dying in nine different ways? Ooh. What a horrible question. No, I like it. Let me count the ways. Kipper, what life are you on at the moment? <coughs> oh, he's on his fifth. Hmm. He's not doing too badly then. He's got through 12 years. How many do we have? Just the one. And even that ain't much of a life. You don't know. You don't know <laughs> how I'm living mine. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know nothing. So, Kippo, do you think about dying? <coughs> every day, he says. Every damn day. Oh, don't you think about dying every day? Me? No. Not personally. Although, I think about getting severely injured every day. Oh, okay. So, you haven't actually got to the bit where you feel like, oh, I better think about death. No. You've only got to the part of your life where you think about being in a vegetative state for the rest of your life. Yeah, and I I just wish and hope and pray that Owen will continue to pluck my eyebrows and keep my hair in check, my body hair, wherever it's just make... If I'm in a coma, just make sure I don't get too hairy. Well, it's okay. I'll come round and wax you. <laughs> wax me once a month and that'll be fine. And then Nick can come round and do the contouring. You can do my nails. That's it, sorted. Have you ever thought what you do once you're dead? I thought I'd just catch up on some box sets on Netflix. Well, you won't be able to have any fingers to put the code in. Gotta be realistic. Yeah, but by then I'll just be able to control it with my mind. Oh yeah, of course you will, yeah. And and when I'm dead, Kipper will still see me. I can get Kipper to do stuff. That is true. Because cats can see dead people, can't they? Yes, they can. That's why they're always looking behind you going... So, uh, would you come back and haunt people? No, I can't be bothered. Um, I would just like a nice soft mattress and a duvet. Mm. Uh, me and Bella probably just sit there and drink hot chocolate yeah. and watch daytime TV. Well, Kipper, that's been enlightening, if nothing else. Yeah, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye, Kips. Rap, 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 rap. Rap 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 I've got a properly sad death now. Does it need sad music? No, it's it's actually sadder than that. Okay. Okay, so I have actually got something that people might want to think about, and it is a bit sad. Okay. So it's about a search dog called Britannia. Oh. He's an American hero, mm. and he died a little while ago. 
He was 16, and he was the last of the 9-11 search dogs. Ah. But he also helps out after Hurricane Katrina as well. Oh, he's a good dog. Good dog. Well, I never really thought until I saw that about all the pups and everything that would be helping out. Yeah. Do you want to hear a little news story? It's not involving death. Uh, perhaps we better have a story not involving death. It does involve shooting, though. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, this is really a story of the man being beaten by the animal kingdom. This guy really should have been up for the Darwin Award, but unfortunately he survived. So, this is the story of a man who shot himself in the face after his bullet ricocheted off an armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> you see that's funny so this chap in texas was out in his yard at 3 a.m crazy i don't know what he's doing out there he saw an armadillo and decided to shoot it so he fired three bullets at the armadillo and one of the bullets ricocheted off the armadillo's shell hit the man in the face and he ended up having to be airlifted to hospital and having his jaw wired shut and the armadillo survived? Armadillo was absolutely fine. Oh, that's okay then. I bet he was a bit peeved. Yeah. Especially if he had to, like, give a statement to the police or something. <laughs> the pa- According to the police, the armadillo was nowhere to be found. It scarpered. You'd have thought it had shot into the air the first time it had been fired at, because they do that, don't they? Do armadillos jump in the air? Is it a nine-banded or a five-banded armadillo? You know you're not allowed to play the armadillo song. If you give a nine-banded armadillo a scare, <laughs> it will jump straight into the air, often into the path of oncoming You have been banned from playing any Weeble song, including the Armadillo song, Magical Trevor and Kenya. Where do you No, find I didn't mean you have to stop. Ah, oh, don't sing Kenya. Only in Kenya. Oh, Belle, do Kenya, something. Only got lions. This is going to drive us crazy. Belle is trying to claw my knee off to shut me up. Here's a look. Where do you find lions? Only in Kenya. Oh, get off. <laughs> In Kenya, we got lions and tigers. Belle, get off. (laughs) I don't think she appreciates my singing. Okay, please, none of our listeners, please, please do not look up these songs. They will drive you insane. It's Belle there. Let's do a shout-out. Hashtag Team Belle. Hello, Belle, the lovely dog. Hello, Belle, lovely dog. Are we here? She's definitely awake now. Belle, we have a hashtag Team Belle shout-out. Oh! Belle, listen to what Stacey's saying. This episode's hashtag Team Belle shout-out goes to Stella and Holly, who are two lovely little dogs. That Stella and Holly, they belong to the Besotted Geek guys. So Stella and Holly are hashtag Team Team Bell. Yeah! And Bell 
showing you her nipples and appreciation. <laughs> if anybody else has any furry friends that they want a shout out from either Belle or Kipper, then just let us know on our Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod and have hashtag Team Kipper or hashtag Team Belle. Send us a photo because we love to see cute animals. Yeah, especially if they're dressed up. <laughs> oh yeah, please dress your animals up and send us some pictures. So, Mum, to finish, do you want me to tell you something that's completely unrelated to death? We'll cheer everyone up. Is it anything to do with hobnobs? No, it's not to do with hobnobs. Is it something I like? (laughs) Um, Only you can answer that. Oh, okay. What is it then? This is a story that was in the Mirror newspaper, and the headline is, Model turns her labia into a necklace. A labia? A lady bits? Yeah, into a necklace after they were cut off in a designer vagina surgery. Oh, dear God. This lady's called Tracy, Tracy Kiss, and she had her labia trimmed. And first of all, she kept them in formaldehyde, so they were in a a little tub. But then she thought she'd like to preserve them longer because they were starting to turn grey. So she then dried out her labia with a hairdryer to make them all nice and dry and crispy. And then she covered them in glitter. And then she put them into resin and mounted it onto some lace and has turned her labia into a lovely necklace. Wow, I've just had a look on the down below's while you're saying that. Uh, I think if I go and get mine trimmed... Yes? I could have a lovely pair of slippers. (laughs) With one pom-pom. They might not be quite my size, but they make a lovely present for somebody for Christmas. Um, You can give them to Jodie, I don't want them. Oh, that's just the sort of ingratitude I expect from you. Give them to whoever's got the smallest feet. That's what's going to happen. Maybe I can turn them into little wellies for Belle. <laughs> Maybe they'd catch on. I'm certainly not putting them around my neck. It'd look like I've got one of them Georgian collars on. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we should go. Right, then. What are we doing for the next episode? We're going on holiday to Spaniel, innit? Yeah, we're going to do a special Spanish episode all about travelling and holidays. It's going to be so much fun. We are going to go on the plane this time, aren't we? As opposed to what? When we didn't get on the plane. What, when we did our last holidays episode? Yeah. That was British holidays. This is going to be a broad holiday. Okay. So, we'll finish here. And I'll see you in Spain. All right, and bye. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the bungalow and Stacey at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone. And then everybody will feel so alone. The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.